Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 59 of Better Regulate Than Never. How is everyone doing right now? How are you feeling? We have finished a quarter of our school year already. Can you believe that? I know I can't, but I'm also really excited about it because I love the different times of year in the school year. It always makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things as I can check off those quarters and say, okay, we're one fourth of the way through the school year. I think we should stop and take a minute to think about that vision that we came up with at the beginning of the year. Remember that back to school episode when we were talking about imagine that it's May or June of 2022 and we have just finished the most amazing school year we have ever had. We were successful in our classes. We made friends. We were recognized for our accomplishments and our activities. Our parents are proud. So close your eyes for a minute and just sit with that person, your future self. How does it feel? What are you thinking? Remember, all we have to do is think those thoughts right now. We can have those feelings right now as we are moving in our one-fourth of the way through the school year. Now we're going into the second quarter. How is it going nine weeks in? Do you need to readjust anything? As you think about that future self, how are you making steps towards that accomplishment and those feelings and those thoughts right now? Did you need to be reminded of that beautiful ending to this school year? If you have started to wander away from that, let's recommit to that goal. We are in control. Don't forget that. We get to create this life that we are living. We get to decide if we're going to be successful or not. I still, probably every week, have students coming in and say, well, I you know, I wanted to do this, or I wanted to do that, or I wish I was a better student, or I wish I had better grades. But they have all the control in all of that. So let's decide right now that we are committed to that amazing school year that we thought about nine weeks ago, and create it right now. Okay, so today's topic is something that I have wanted to talk to you about, probably have alluded to different times, but I wanted to remind everyone about the best way to help your friends. We did a trusted adult campaign at school recently, and it really got me thinking about this topic because this came up in almost every conversation that I had with students. And I know that I have talked to you about the program we use at our school called Sources of Strength, and it is um, a program to promote building different areas of strength in our lives. So if you just started listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to episode number 30, it explains this whole program and how you can get it at your school. But we just finished a campaign about a month ago called Trusted Adults. 
And we asked students if they had a trusted adult at school and if they had a trusted adult at home. A healthy and essential source of strength for young people is adults in their lives that they can turn to. If a student said that they didn't have an adult at school or at home, the counselors and social workers called them in and talked to them about identifying some adults that they could trust. And I found that many young people said that they didn't have trusted adults and that they only talked to their friends about their problems. Now, I totally understand this. When I was a teenager, I much more talked to my friends about things that were bothering me than ever telling any adults. I thought most adults would either cause problems for me if I told them how I was feeling or especially my parents, I didn't want them to know how I was feeling because I didn't want them to put in new rules or get mad at me or um, try to bother me about things all the time. And so I think it's normal for young people to talk to their peers or their people their age more often. And that's fine, especially for things like, I like this boy, or this person called me names, or... um, I'm feeling really anxious about my grades or, you know, whatever that's, that makes sense. And certainly I think you should talk to some adult about these things also, but some of the things that we're talking to young people about, and then, you know, like we're talking to our peers about, but we're not telling adults are really serious and dangerous things. Like I feel like killing myself or I don't want to live anymore, or in all of those things that are so deep and scary and heavy, young people are telling other young people about it as is normal, but then the young people are just keeping it to themselves and they have these really heavy burdens on them. Um, I even had young people tell me that they felt like they were responsible for whether someone lived or not. And that is too much. That is not something that anyone, even adults should not keep those kinds of things secret to themselves. They need to get help from professionals. They need to get help from other people um, who can point you in the direction of other professionals that can help because those kinds of feelings don't go away on their own. They need uh, talk therapy. They might need medication there's just so many things. And, and if you especially are a young person, but even if you are an adult and you're not in that profession where you can prescribe medication or understand how to talk someone through that in a professional way, you're not going to be able to help them. And uh, keeping that to yourself is not healthy for you if you're listening to it. And it's not healthy for you if you're experiencing it, because you have to find ways to get out of that deep, dark, unsafe thoughts and feelings. Sometimes I think young people do not ask adults for help because their friend says, don't tell anyone. Young people think that they are betraying their friends if they tell another adult about what their friend said. Now, while your friends may not like it, and they even might get mad at you if you talk to an adult about what your friend is going through, it may be the only way for your friend to get true help. 
I say this very often to kids. Would you rather have a mad friend or a dead friend? I know I would rather have a mad friend. The only way for people to work through suicidal thoughts is with professional help. I know it can make your friend feel better by telling you what is going on in their life. And I want you to be there to listen and to love and to support your friend. But you are not enough. You are not the sole reason why anyone stays alive. I know that some of you are out there thinking that right now, and I have to stay connected to this person because otherwise they're going to kill themselves. The other person might have even said that to you. That is too large a burden for anyone to carry, even adults. You are not the reason anyone does or does not do anything. You can't control other people. You can do everything humanly possible to help someone stay alive. And ultimately, if they do not want to live, they won't. And that even happens to professionals that work with clients. There have been students that have died by suicide in my schools before, and not that they were necessarily a student that I had visited with, but of course we all feel like taking responsibility for that. Oh, if I would have just figured out that they were sad, or if I would have just tried to reach out to them, this wouldn't have happened. But ultimately everyone has control over their own lives only. They don't have control over other people's lives. Even as a parent, you don't have control over your children's lives. Me as a school counselor and a life coach, I do not have control over the young people that I talk to. I hope that their relationship with me helps them to stay alive, that they feel like they have something to hang on to, but I really don't have any say over what happens to them. Our job as friends and even professionals is to listen and show love concern and support. You can say to your friend, I feel worried about you. How can I offer support? And after listening to what is bothering them, you can say things like, that sounds so painful, or I know things seem bleak right now. Have you thought about telling an adult? I can go with you. Or who can I call or tell for you? I do sometimes have students bring their friends to me or just report to me what their friends have said, and we immediately see the student and show them that there are ways to get help. We do always call parents, and sometimes that is not popular with students, but the adults in their lives must know that they are unsafe or in danger of hurting themselves. The, the adults also must do what they can to help protect young people. And I do know that there are parents that do not handle this information well. I sadly have experienced that over the years. And I don't like that either. I don't, sometimes I know a parent is going to not handle something the way it should be handled, but I still have to call them and I don't want to, but that is part of my job. And I just have to hope that if the right adults get involved, that things will get better. I know that sometimes a person gets a mental health professional and that doesn't click with them. Keep looking for the right professional. They are out there. And if the parents aren't handling it well, keep telling other adults until your friend gets the help that they need. 
keeping all that information to yourself is exhausting and it is hurting you mentally and physically. I interviewed a social worker, Felicia Glass, back in episode number 27, and she had a quote that I loved, and I'm going to republish this quote with her name on it again, because I thought this one was so good, but loyalty and trust are never an option when it comes to the safety of your friends. I know I probably have mentioned this story before in an episode, but I wanted to retell it here because it fits with what we're talking about. So years ago, um, I had two friends bring in their other friend because they were concerned about her. And this friend did not want to be in my office. I mean, she had a scowl on her face and probably barely talked the whole time. Her friends talked for her. But they told me about how she was cutting and burning herself. Um, She was taking an iron, turning it on, getting it hot and burning her legs. And I think maybe her stomach. I'm not, I don't remember the exact details. And I think she was cutting herself too. I think she was carving words into her skin like loser and idiot. I don't know, just like terrible things. and. Of course, I am a mandated reporter and I have to tell her parents that she's doing this. And, oh, she was so angry. She did not, she was angry at her friends and she was a billion times angry at me for telling her family. Well, I think I just talked to her mom, but, um, so she didn't want to have anything to do with the conversation because I always offer to students that they can be with me when I tell their parents or if they don't want to be there, they don't have to. But I always offer that because I feel like that is a way to build trust in a time when I'm doing something that they see as a betrayal, just like those friends. Um, it was, I'm sure it was so hard for those friends to bring her in when she did not want to be there. I'm actually surprised that they got her to come in, but maybe that's that way down deep inside, she did want somebody to know. I'm not sure, but it was so difficult because of course she didn't want to be part of the conversation with mom. So she left with the friends and I called mom and told her what was going on and they were not aware and they were very sad and upset that this was happening because any parent does not want to hear those kinds of things. And, um, I always suggest to families the talk therapy and the medication and stuff. But I say, if nothing else, you know, if you, if you don't know what the very first step could be, maybe go to your medical professional, your uh, general practitioner, doctor, um, pediatrician, whatever you go to and talk to them about it because you already have an established relationship with a medical doctor, even though I think everyone should have an established relationship with a medical or a mental health professional as well. But most of us don't. So, you know, go to your medical doctor. So I never heard what happened after that. And many times I don't. And this girl wrote me the most scathing, mean um, letter. And it was just, you know, she was just so scared and upset about everything. But it said I was the worst counselor that ever lived. She would never speak to me again. I had ruined her life. Um, and she had, I had this at that school, I had this mail drop 
um, where people could write notes and then it, there was just a slot in my door and they could just throw the notes in there. And so when I would come to, to work the next day, you know, there's like papers on my floor and I just pick them up and read them. Well, this was one of the letters that was thrown into that mail slot. And, um, I remember crying so much that day because I mean, it really did hurt my feelings, um, because I was thinking about, I knew I did the right thing. So I wasn't thinking that I'd done the wrong thing, but it just made me sad probably for so many reasons. But, um, I think she was a sophomore when that happened, because I remember it was literally years that I never spoke to her. Now I went to classrooms when I was doing that job. And so I probably, I'm sure I saw her in a classroom somewhere, but she never spoke to me again. And she would literally avoid me in the hall, like walk a different direction or turn her head away from me or whatever. And so that went on for years. And I just thought, well, you know, I'll never speak to that student again, sadly, because they hate me so much. And so when that student was a senior and it was the last day of the senior year, so May, whatever of that year, she, I don't think she physically saw me. I think it was another note that was put in my, uh, mail slot, but I got a note from her and it said, I want to thank you for telling my parents about what was happening with me several years ago. I found out from my medical doctor, they ran some tests and I had a thyroid issue, some kind of deficiency in the thyroid. And it was causing me to have those depressive, sad feelings. And once I took medication for my thyroid, everything changed and I felt so much better and I didn't want to do that anymore. And I just think that's such a great example of when we first try to get someone help, they can just be so angry at us and hate us and not talk to us. And maybe it even goes on for years. And maybe you never find out that there was a positive resolution. Cause I have plenty of those too, where people uh, moved on, graduated, whatever. And I never find out if things got better for them, but, um, and maybe, you know, your friend is going to be mad at you, but isn't it better to know that even if they're mad for a while and maybe even a long while, it's very possible that their life got better or it was a change in their life in some way that, that made the, all the difference in how they move in a different direction or get help or feel better or, or live because you told someone. So I really, I am begging and pleading with everyone, even if you're not a young person, if you're a parent or you're, um, an adult with other friends who are having real struggles with mental health, which is happening a lot right now, of course, around the world, um, find a way for them to get help. And I love the idea of I'll go with you because sometimes people just need support to go tell someone what's really bothering them. And many times, if a student wants to, I can be the person who sets down with them physically to talk to their parents or sets down physically to talk to them, to talk to um, a teacher about what's happening or whatever. Someone 
just to go with you and support you just feels better sometimes. And sometimes people need that. So just be, that's what being a good friend is not just listening to all the problems and saying, Oh gosh, so sorry about that. Um, let's keep this a secret between us. Or by the way, um, I don't, I don't know much about discord because I'm not on it. Sometimes I feel like I should be on it because I think, um, working with young people, somehow I could be that adult in the room that could help them. But I, I don't even know. That's something I'm going to have to explore. But, but I know that a lot of young people are on discord in groups with other kids and they're all talking about suicide and they're just, they're just helping each other by listening and talking to each other about it. But there's no real help going on. It's just, um, a, just, people saying terribly deep, dark things. And then they're just all saying those same things. And no, there's no resolution. There's no help because there's no adult involved. So if you are involved in those groups, and I know you don't probably even know where those other people you're talking to live or, you know, what adults to even get involved, but somehow if you do know where they live, or you do know some way to contact their school or their family. If people are talking about suicide, they need help. They need adults that are professionally trained to help them, or at least their parents need to know so they can get them the help. So, and if you are talking or texting with someone that are in immediate danger, like they are sending you a picture of a gun they're going to use or the pills they're going to take, Um, or they send you pictures of their arm bleeding because they've just cut their arm. You don't have time to to connect them to an adult tomorrow or next week. Call 911 and tell the dispatcher that they need to check on your friend. If you have any idea where your friend lives or what address or um, anything that can help someone immediately go there and check on them because when you call 911, they can do wellness checks. They can go and see, is someone hurting themselves? And we've done that before. We've called uh, 911 or the police to go to a home and they can physically check on your friend to make sure if they've already cut their arm or they, they have the gun ready, they need someone to immediately step in and help them. There are also hotlines. Um, and of course, hotlines are not going to help if the person is ready to do something. But if they're just talking about suicide, if nothing else, tell them about these hotlines where they can talk to a professional and it's anonymous. And um, there are hotlines where you actually talk to someone. Um, the talk hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. Or you can text with someone and you can text the word talk T A L K to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. And if you are someone who is in the LGBTQIA community and you have some issues like your suicidal feelings have something to do with your sexual orientation or how you're identifying with your gender, you can text start S T A R T to six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. And of course, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. So you can go to that and you can share this information. 
um, with your friends. If you have friends talking about suicide, um, you can share this episode with them or share this episode with any of your friends so that they know that they too should not be keeping this information to themselves. I think there are millions of young people out there that are carrying very heavy burdens for their friends. And I promise this is not good for you. And it is not helping your friends. If you are in a discord group where many young people are talking about killing themselves, let them know that they need to connect to an adult. Put these hotlines in the chats in these discord groups. The most happy and healthy people have connections to adults somewhere. You cannot keep someone alive. You alone cannot keep someone alive. You don't have the power to do that, but you can increase the chances of your friends getting better by involving an adult for help. I also know that I have listeners in other countries, and while I don't know if those text and talk lines work all around the world. I'm not sure, but there is a group called Befrienders Worldwide, and they um, can connect you based on your country or territory. So I'm going to also put that in the show notes because I don't know um, a lot about what happens outside of the United States. So please use any of these references to help your friends. Do not keep these kinds of things secret. You need adults. So tell some adult somewhere what's going on so that you can get the help and your friend can get the help that they need. Please remember that you get to choose your thoughts every day And that is going to make the difference in how you're feeling. And it's going to make the difference in how you are reacting to your friends. I'll talk to you soon.